everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Time for another Spawn Daily. Not going to do a regular issue this time. So a bit of a change up uh, that I'm going to let everybody know about. So I was looking around the internet for some Spawn reading orders, uh, thinking that, you know, we've wanted to do some of the other tangential Spawn content you know, I said originally we were just going to do the main series, but there's been so many things that have happened that happened in other books. You know, Spawn discovering Chapel killed him, Chapel killing himself, um, the Violator series that's referenced, the Angela series that's referenced. And so I thought, you know what, let me see if there's a Spawn reading order that incorporates that sort of thing and uh, see how it plays out. And the other part of this is that, you know, the last numbered issue that I talked about was issue 49. Issue 50 is big. Uh, it's double size. It has a lot of really, really important events. And I I didn't want to cover it by myself. I really wanted Rocky uh, from Comic Boom to come back on and, and be able to join me for that. He's been trying to get caught up. You know, he had some issues, some health issues with his daughter and whatnot. So hopefully he's going to be caught up soon. And I thought, well, you know what? While I'm while I'm waiting for him, because I really want him to be able to join me so we can break down issue 50 and then talk about the first 50 issues overall as kind of a whole. Um, I thought, you know what, now would be the time to go back and and maybe read the Violator series. So that was originally what I was going to do. Just read the three issue Violator mini written by Alan Moore. Where does that fit and whatnot? And uh, when I went back and looked, I mean, there's other stuff actually that happens in terms of continuity sooner, uh, according to the reading order that I found. Now, uh, I will be happy to share the reading order with you. Uh, I've reached out to the gentleman who created the reading order, and I'm just waiting to hear back from him on how he wants to be credited. And uh, I can share the reading order in, in the um, in the show notes and whatnot, but I don't want to do that before kind of getting his his feedback and his thoughts on that. So hopefully I'll have it for you next uh next episode but in the meantime suffice it to say that it's a looks to me and again i'm no spawn expert he he seems to be and maybe we'll even have him come on the podcast that would be pretty awesome actually um but in glancing through it and and, and looking in detail at the other issues outside of the regular series that take place during the first 50 it seems to be pretty comprehensive i mean there's spawn batman that we're going to talk about today there's the Violator Mini that I already knew about, the Angela miniseries I already knew about. But there's also a couple of issues of a series called Curse of Spawn. So I can only think that those issues must be flashback stories, flashing back to the earliest time of Al Simmons having the powers. So I thought this would be a, a more complete way to do it. Um, you know, maybe it's not necessary. Maybe I'm overthinking it here. And the other thing is I'm pretty sure you know, we, I've missed, you know, a couple days already. Uh, one, because it just was super busy with day job stuff. Another, because, uh, you know, I've been wanting to wait for Rocky when I was trying to figure out how to do that uh, for issue 50. Um, so we've lost a couple of days. Now, we talked about Spawn being up between 330 and 340 by the end of the year, which gives us maybe 25 to 35 extra days. Now, there's going to be more than 25 or 35 extra issues if I bring in, you know, the one shots and the other series, Medieval Spawn, Witchblade, and like all that kind of stuff. There's going to be way more than 35. So 
Does that mean we're going to do more than one episode a day? No, no, we're definitely, we're not going to do that because that would require uh, just more time than I have, you know, between doing Spawn Daily and doing the regular Comic Source podcast. But what we might do is we might consolidate some things down. Like maybe we'll do the Violator miniseries. Um, you know, we won't go as in-depth. We won't go page by page necessarily, but we can just cover it and talk about it as a whole. So instead of taking three days to do Violator, it would just take one. Same thing with the Angela miniseries. So I think that's the way we're going to go. It's going to bring in some other stuff, some other spawn uh, content again with this idea of hey do you want to be able to read the new spawn universe stuff that's coming out having read you know all the other spawn content previous to this well you know this is going to basically be more comprehensive than i necessarily planned it originally but i think it'll be a good resource and that doesn't mean you have to listen to the, the other stuff right like if you don't own any of the violator series you don't care about it you don't necessarily have to to listen uh, you'd appreciate it if you do. And it can be a way that, you know, maybe if you're not that interested in, in owning it or reading it yourself, maybe it's like, we can tell you what happens and then you don't necessarily have to go back, but we're going to be filling in the knowledge. And all of this, this idea to add in the other stuff, I was going back and forth on it. Like maybe I'll just do a little bit of it until Rocky's ready to jump back in and tag team this thing. But what happened was when I read the first thing in terms of the reading order that fits in, uh, that's not a regular issue. It's this Spawn Batman one shot that we're going to talk about today from Image Comics. And there's something that happens in it. And I'm not going to spoil it right now, but we'll get to it when I go through the book. There's something that happens in the book that's so important and explains so much of something else that we see in the regular Spawn book. And so I thought, I was like, man, you know, McFarlane is really kind of following this continuity. Something that happened in this crossover book affects the main Spawn book. And I was like, wow, I, I don't think we should skip over these other, these other titles because obviously things that happen in these other titles are affecting the regular book. So it kind of made me think, well, instead of just doing a few until we get caught up with Rocky, I think I'm going to follow this reading order. So that's the plan for now. I need to basically start scheduling, uh, like go to my calendar and put all the books on it on the day that they'll be released and then see, okay, so if we're going to do, you know, one for, for, you know, the rest every day for the rest of the year, won't have any skip days. Hopefully we can get some in the can if we have to go out of town or vacation or that sort of thing. Um, but the other thing is how many, so if I do that, how many days am I really going to have at the end of the year? Maybe we only go up to 300 because the other stuff is really recent. I can, we'll have to have to work that out and see how to squeeze everything in um, that we can. So that's the plan. Um, and hopefully you guys like it. And, and like I said, if you, if you're just here for the regular main spawn series, that's fine. You know, you'll just have some breaks here and there when we cover some of this other stuff. So let me go ahead and uh, share my screen and we'll go ahead and get started with spawn Batman, which this was a pretty big thing when it was announced because um, you know, McFarlane had, had left DC long, long before um, he hadn't done any DC work since I want to say 
Infinity Incorporated was the last DC stuff he had done. So to see him do this was uh, it was a pretty big deal. And there also is a Batman Spawn. There was Spawn Batman put out by Todd McFarlane Productions. It wasn't called Todd McFarlane Productions at the time. It has the Image Comics logo, but it was Spawn Batman. This is the one that Todd was in charge of producing. And then there's another one called Batman Spawn that Image or that uh, DC put out. And that had the you know the DC um, logo on it, and it was by DC creators and whatnot. So it was kind of a, a two-way street here. And we do see a pretty cool cover. And you'll notice that it's a little bit reminiscent of the Dark Knight Returns cover uh, with Batman jumping through the air and the lightning. And that is purposeful. And we will see the reference to that when we get to the first page here. There you see Image Comics presents Spawn Batman. And there's a little note, if you notice, right underneath their names. And it says, Spawn versus Batman is a companion piece to DC Comics Dark Knight Returns. That is super interesting to me. So basically what they're saying is, you know, technically the Dark Knight Returns is, an, I guess, an Elseworld story or an alternate. It's not the main DC continuity, that version of Batman. But what we're told is that version of Batman is the same version of Batman that we have in this story. Uh, and then it goes on to say, and again, very very interesting that they chose to put this on here. It does not represent current DC continuity. So nowadays I just tell whatever story they want. Maybe they black label some stuff, maybe not, but um, I just thought that was really interesting that they put that in there. So we see the credits as dark Knight returns version of Batman. It is written by Frank Miller. So same, uh, same writer as dark Knight returns. Todd McFarlane does the art. Uh, Tom Orzakowski on letters, Steve Olaf does colors. And, you know, when we say Todd does the art, he's, he's inking himself here. There's no inker listed. Uh, so Steve Olaf has the colors and then computer, some cute computer coloring as well by Ole Optics, whose name we've seen in the regular book. Uh, but here they break, actually break it down. Here's all the people that work for Ole Optics. So pretty interesting. Uh, and this book, uh, you can see down at the bottom here, uh, 1994 is when, um, uh, this book came out and I guess, you know what, before I actually start getting into the, um, the actual book itself and, and the story, I should also tell you um, what issues it, it takes place between because it's pretty important. Uh, it, it, this takes place between issues 20 and 21 and it's, it's pretty important that timing uh, and you'll see why at the end, um, and it, it'll, again, it'll help explain some things. So the issue starts out and we just got a lot of um, exposition boxes. It's talking about um, a Batman and it's a cold night. It's a dark night. It's Gotham City. Uh, a cold night, a dark night is, is repeated several times. Sometimes it's dark night as in uh, it's dark outside and it's nighttime n-i-g-h-t sometimes it's a dark night as in batman is the dark night k-n-i-g-h-t so batman is somewhere on these um on these docks and it's never really explained why he goes to investigate the place he goes to investigate uh, but he's in a warehouse it's run down and the the thing to note here is the way that mcfarland draws him uh, it's not super svelte, like maybe you have seen Todd draw Batman before. Uh, I think 
a lot of times when people think of Todd's version of Batman, they think of that really famous year two cover uh, or, or actually the, the Batman cover where he has a giant cape and he's uh, holding the woman, but also the, the year two detective comics covers. Uh, and those are much, those are much different. Um, again, it's a more felt Batman, but keep in mind that this is the dark Knight returns version. So I think for that reason, that's why Todd draws him a little bit bulkier, a little bit stockier. It's definitely a different style. It's not as fluid as what you would see in the Spawn book in terms of the anatomy. Spawn being more like Spider-Man being very limber. Um, the one thing in common is the cape, um, but a definitely a different style. When, it, when I first looked at this, I remember back in the day, I'm like, that's McFarlane art. Yeah, you're used to like really fine lines and having it look so... Um, so like limber, you know, with the webs and, uh, and the anatomy being slightly exaggerated. And this is just so much bigger and blockier. So anyway, as Batman is exploring this, uh, this uh, warehouse, he sees a bunch of guys that have been beat up. They're laying unconscious or dead. There's uh, crates with weapons in it. And as he's uh, exploring this, he gets attacked by this giant, insect looking bug thing uh and as he uh, fights through it he's kind of getting his butt kicked uh this thing is is pretty powerful and so he ends up putting on some gloves some gauntlets that he finds in the uh the crates that are uh kind of these weaponized uh gloves that allow him to uh, fight back more than he would be able to on his own and what happens during the course of the fight is he kind of cracks the cockpit of this thing and there's, there's a person's face in there. And so he's like, what is this some kind of cyborg? Is it somebody piling something? And the guy, once the cockpit is, has been cracked open, the guy's like talk talking. He's like, where, where am I? What am I? I don't know who I am. Like what's going on. So Batman's like, well, clearly this guy's innocent. So he's trying to, to rescue him. He's trying to, to break into this thing and get out whatever sort of, human is in there but once he gains access all of a sudden there's this this alarm that goes off this screeching and batman recognizes it as a uh, self-destruct mechanism so he yanks on the human parts that he can see basically the guy's head and the head comes out but that's all it is that's all that's left of this guy is just his head um and then the the exoskeleton i guess we'll we'll call it explodes and all Batman is left with is this head of this guy who's who's no longer alive. So back at the Batcave, um, one of the conceits that uh, that, uh, that McFarlane likes to use a lot, and I get it that this is written by Frank Miller, not McFarlane, but you know maybe Miller is drawing on that. Maybe it's the fact that Miller even you could say did it first. I mean, the, the Dark Knight Returns starts off with with TV screens, news reports, right of the of the race. So definitely suits kind of the tone of the story and, and the, the world of the dark Knight returns for sure. Uh, but it seems to be a news report. It's talking about this girl, this woman, Margaret love, who's the founder of some uh, founder and president of some organization called heal the world. And she recently won a humanitarian prize for her work. And obviously she'll come to play uh, an important role later. So meanwhile, Batman is uh, examining this head and Alfred is there, and the way Miller draw, uh, draws, the way Miller characterizes 
Alfred is he's very much feels like he's here for comedic relief. He bugs uh, Batman about drinking some tea. Batman's not really interested. Alfred tries to get him to eat some dinner. Uh, but all Batman really wants to do is uh, examine this head. And, uh, you know, there's no fingerprints. They're, you know, kind of hard to make any sort of identification. But he does still have his teeth. And with the teeth, that does allow Batman to uh, to track down the identity of him. Uh, he's basically a, a homeless guy, a vagrant, a cute alcoholic. Uh, he's presumed dead a while ago. And Batman's like, well, the, the technology... And all the crates, I didn't mention this, they were all labeled with Soviet um, uh, writing and language. And so Batman's like, well, what's the brain of a New York bum doing in a Soviet cyborg? That's the uh, that's the the mystery that he needs to solve. And again, Alfred for comic relief and to kind of set up the um, set up Batman <laughs> to give his one liners. Um, he mentioned something about, Hey, you should drink this tea. It's chamomile. You know, I, I've heard that it prevents nightmares, uh, even the self-inflicted kind. And Batman says, I don't have nightmares. I give them. So pretty cheesy Frank Miller line for sure. And the dialogue in here is a little hokey, uh, throughout. So Batman says he's heading to New York because that's where these, uh, the crates that he saw in the warehouse were, uh, labeled they were to be delivered to new york so he thinks that he'll find uh the answer is there which is interesting you know we know spawns in new york but typically um dc comics heroes stay out of new york so kind of interesting although to be fair right now on the pages of uh, i am batman jace fox the new version of batman or a new version of batman is uh, is in new york right now so that's kind of interesting so it does give uh, McFarlane a chance to do a really cool one-page splash here of Batman standing on a, a rooftop in New York City. And obviously, here's the trademark McFarlane cape, right? We know Batman's cape's not actually this big, some artistic license, but it looks really, really cool. And Batman's trying to figure out, okay, I'm here. Now what? Uh, we get a couple of TV shots again basically talking about the heal program, heal the world program uh, that that woman, Margaret Love had established and basically like uh, homeless shelters, soup kitchen type things, um, just to add a little bit of uh, context. So Batman's kind of patrolling around trying to, to find um, what's going on. And as he's as he's uh, sort of eavesdropping among the homeless population, because, you know, the guy that was found in the, the Soviet cyborg technology was uh, a bum. So he's thinking, you know, maybe some of these people know something. And he hears a lot of sob stories about how guys ended up homeless and on the streets. But he also hears a lot of stories about Al, who is uh, this really powerful homeless guy. This is what Batman thinks. He's this really powerful homeless guy or bum who has magical powers uh, and has done all these incredible things. And Batman just kind of chalks it up to, to, you know, legend or overactive imagination or people hallucinating because they've had too much bad wine to drink, I guess. Uh, but of course we know that it's not, that's not the case that Al actually exists and Al is spawn and, uh, we get another full page splash of McFarlane uh, showing us Spawn. And then we uh, pivot to something that we saw 
in uh, some of the early issues of Spawn and Rocky and I commented on uh, on it about how it was a thing at that time in the early 90s that uh, it wasn't just New York, but um, bum, homeless people were being attacked. They were being set on fire and, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, again, no subtlety in McFarland's writing. But now, now granted, this is Frank Miller, but uh, maybe he's pulling from the same thing or maybe him and Todd discussed a story point. But anyway, we see a couple of guys here and they find a bum who's passed out sleeping uh, and they pour a gallon of gas on him and then they light a match and go to set him on fire. Uh, but once they light the fire, the trail of gas, uh, before the flame gets to the guy, it diverts around him and comes back and actually starts to, the fire starts to to come right back on the two guys that, that lit it. Uh, and how, how is this possible? Well, because Spawn is there and he saw what they were doing. And uh, it goes back to more of the early issues of Spawn where he he was more likely to kill. You know, we've talked about that a lot, how they kind of got away from that in the, the current issues. He hasn't been willing to kill Jason Wynn. He hasn't been willing to take out um, Vito Gravano. And you wonder, like, why, why is that? Because early on, he did. And maybe it was something that McFarlane changed his mind about the characterization. Maybe he wanted to, uh, you know, have it appeal to a little bit of a younger audience. Not quite sure, but here what we see is Spawn gives these guys what they deserve. They shoot him. Obviously, it puts three holes in him, but that does nothing. Um, and Spawn uses his powers. Again, there's never any um, power timer in this issue, which I kind of wish there was because he does use his powers quite a bit. Um, but anyway, he sets these guys on fire and Batman sees him. Batman sees Spawn like kill these guys. Obviously, Batman being batman is like uh, he immediately thinks that spawn is an enemy you know he's like oh, this guy just murdered them and batman's thinking you don't have to feel bad if you ambush a murderer if you attack him from from behind without any warning they're a murderer and and keep in mind that this is the dark knight returns batman so a bit more willing to use excessive force and, you know, a bit more vengeful, let's say. So he thinks he's going to take out Spawn like for good in terms of, well, this guy won't even be ready to face a judge for like six months. Cause I'm about to break his back because he swings in with all his might and, uh, and kicks Spawn in the back. But, you know, unbeknownst to Batman, Spawn is made of tougher stuff than that. And, you know, the necroplasm or the psychoplasm, whatever you want to call it and him not, his body not really functioning the way a normal body functions in terms of actually needing all his bones in one piece or needing his heart in his chest and that kind of thing. So what follows is a pretty cool battle between uh, Batman and Spawn. Neither one of them really seems to be able to get the upper hand. They're pretty, uh, they're pretty evenly matched. So eventually Batman uh, thinking, and it's, it's funny the way that, um, that Frank Miller writes it because Batman's like, why am I wearing this utility belt? Let me use this nerve gas. Like, what am I an idiot? I'm fighting this guy, getting my brain speed in and I can just back off and use this nerve gas. And of course he thinks it's going to knock Spawn out, but it, it doesn't. Um, although it does uh, affect him somewhat. And again, they're, they're back and forth. Uh, you had enough in your dreams. I mean, they're, they're really sort of goading each other. And eventually it gets to the point where, Batman realizes that 
he's not going to be able to win. He eventually he's going to tire. So he's, he's got to make a strategic retreat. Not that he's giving spawn up, but he just, he needs to be better prepared. So he ends up kind of running off and spawns kind of gloating. I showed him what everybody's still like vomiting from the, uh, from the tear gas. He's not really feeling that, that great. So Batman finds a, a dark alley to uh, duck into and he's uh, recuperating. He calls up Alfred. He asks him to uh, send him a package that will help him. Uh, that will help Batman be better prepared to spite, to fight spawn uh, the next time. And spawn is thinking, okay, um, I need to go and examine uh, what's going on in this um in this home, you know, supposed homeless shelter, this heal, uh, heal the world, New York uh, soup kitchen, because he's heard rumors. Um, you know, a lot of the people that have disappeared have been people in his circle, the homeless guys, and they're suspicious of this of this place. So now that Batman's out of the way, Spawn's going to go and check it out. What he finds inside is you know state-of-the-art weaponry and uh, all kinds of science and and tech and uh, you know he's obviously this is much more than just feeding people and before he can really gather any evidence or or look into anything too closely he's attacked from behind and we see another one of those uh, cyborgs and uh, he's he manages to disarm it and what's interesting is he thinks um okay well I'm not going to use up my power. And we, you know, we saw, seen this in spawn before in, in issue seven, I think where he went and grabbed all the weapons and that's what he knows from his time before he, uh, he was spawned when he was just Al Simmons and he was a government assassin. Uh, so that's what he, he uses. He uses the gun from the cyborg and he, he destroys the cyborg uh, and, and some of the equipment. And when he does, he accidentally triggers this recording and what it is, uh, is a recording of that same woman that we saw before, um, that Margaret Love. And we realize that she's the one that's behind all this. Now, we knew that she was the president and founder of, uh, of Heal the World, but there's something else going on with Heal the World, uh, something more sinister than, than feeding people. So Spawn needs to figure out... Uh, what that is and uh with the cyborg that he's defeated it's kind of the same thing that batman saw where there is a uh a head of a of a guy there but before uh spawn can talk to it and get any information or or what have you um the base explodes so spawn uh he escapes obviously but he's not, he's no closer to finding any answers or understanding what's going on. So uh, meanwhile, Batman has uh, uh, recovered from the fight that he had with Spawn. And there seems to be some sort of makeshift bat signal. Now he's not in Gotham city, so there shouldn't be any bat signal at all, but he goes to answer it. And it, which is kind of weird. He doesn't even stop to think that maybe this could be a trap um, but he, I don't know, I guess he feels, uh, we're told by Miller that he feels it's a welcome sight. So what he finds at the end of the bat signal is this Margaret Love. 
uh, and she gives him uh, a sob story about security cameras spotting the monster that you know blew up the soup kitchen, and we know that it spawned. And um, and we're never even told how Margaret Love knows Batman is in New York, but uh, we do find out from her that she's going to have a fundraiser that night on her yacht, and even the president might be there. And she's really, really worried that this this person will show up and sabotage everything. And so she's hoping that Batman will help provide security, basically. And Batman, you know, knows that it was Spawn that uh, that blew up the the soup kitchen, or or thinks that it was Spawn that blew up the soup kitchen. Uh, knows Spawn was there, uh, and obviously blames it on Spawn as opposed to thinking that you know soup uh, kitchen basically self destructed. Um, so he, Batman does agree. He says, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. He won't get anywhere near your ship. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. So meanwhile, Spawn is still sick from the nerve gas. He's back with his buddies. He's throwing up. And um, these homeless guys, they do know about Batman as well. Uh, they're like, well, it's, you know, you should, you should count yourself lucky. You know, you went up against Batman and, these guys don't even believe him. They're like, Al, you tell the best stories. You didn't fight Batman. And Al's like, it's not a story. I did fight him. And it seems like he's working for Nadia Vladova. So Spawn knows who this Margaret Love is. He recognized her from his days as a government assassin, as a, a Russian agent. And obviously she's rebranded herself as Margaret Love and she's sort of got the... Um, the wool pulled over everybody's eyes and spawns telling his buddies. It's like, if Batman's working for this woman, she's evil. And Batman is not what he, he, he pretends to be. He's not a hero. So, um, you know, I'm going to have to in, investigate this more. And, uh, as he's saying this, his homeless buddies are like, well, you know, maybe you might want to turn around. And we see Batman uh, again, beautiful full page spread attacking Al and he has that gauntlet. He has the gauntlet that uh, Alfred sent him. That's what he asked Alfred to send so that he'd be more able to fight spawn kind of even the playing field. And so they have another big knockdown drag out fight again, really great art from McFarlane. Um, and even with the added help, uh, I mean, spawn takes a beating. Don't get me wrong, but spawn eventually, uh, gains the upper hand um, even to the point where both of them at one point are so exhausted, you know, like two fighters that have been going at it and neither one of them can stand up. It's kind of the double KO. Um, but spawn able to due to his uh, inhuman powers uh, or the fact that, you know, his body is not really a body. Like we've talked about many times, he's able to recover faster than uh, Batman. So as they're both kind of laying there, saying, oh, I'm ready for the next round. Let me catch my breath. I'll break you in half, whatnot. Um, we see that they're attacked by the cyborgs. So what Margaret Love did in, in summoning Batman using the bat signal, she really was just wanting this exact thing. She doesn't want Spawn to interfere, but she also doesn't want Batman to interfere. You know, She probably didn't trust that Batman wasn't going to figure out uh, that something was going on if he were to you know guard the boat or if he were to hang around New York. So all of a sudden it's a situation where, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and, um, and Batman and spawn sort of team up and they take out all the, the cyborgs, but Batman's done. Like he, he collapses. 
uh, we were told that his jaw shatters like glass. And as he's laying there, and again, Spawn very much used up as well. Um, Spawn has a decision to make, basically, um, as Batman. And even, even as he's dying, Batman's like, you're a punk, magic tricks, your, your fight has no discipline. You know, if it wasn't for the magic, I, I would beat you. Um, and Spawn maybe sensing that in his heart of hearts that Batman is a, is a hero, is a good guy, he actually chooses to save him. And he does that by sort of merging his life force with Batman, and that allows them to talk to each other. Like Spawn is kind of in Batman's head. Batman doesn't like that. He's like yelling, get out of my head, get out of my head, get out of my head, you twit. And Spawn's like, look, you need to understand that, you know, you think I'm this bad guy, that I'm evil. Why would I be saving you if I was evil? I'm not that bad guy that you that you think I am, you know? And he gives um, Batman a glimpse of, you know, shares his memories and his thoughts and gives Batman a glimpse and they, they and vice versa, right? Like Spawn is in Bruce Wayne's head. So he learns about the alley and losing his head, uh, parents and, you know, the pearls and, and all that kind of thing. So there's a great, much better um, understanding between the two of them, even to the point where Spawn shares his memories of, uh, of Margaret Love uh, before she was Margaret Love, when she was still the, the Russian agent and uh, killed people with a smile and started wars and uh, her experiments and, and what have you. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, Batman realizes that, yeah, they, they need to team up. But um, Batman's like, you know, I, I still don't agree with your methods, but it's sort of like the lesser of two evils, right, is what, uh, is what the, the case is going to be. Like, let's take out Margaret Love first, and then Batman will worry about taking out Spawn. So uh, they both head over to the boat where they know the charity event is going on. Again, another fantastic double-page spread from uh, McFarlane. And basically, we're told that all the people on the boat were given this uh, refreshment, this punch that was sort of spiked with some sort of uh, drugs that allow the persuasiveness of Margaret Love to uh, to go to work on them. And this is where we sort of find out her uh, her motivation. So she's she's talking about how uh, she's motivated to feel, uh, feed people, to feed millions and the whole idea of the um, heal the world is to, you know, make the world a better place. And she says that she had this epiphany and her epiphany was that the thing that's the problem with the world is people <laughs> like people. She says, sweating, farting, meat, eating, land, destroying, cruel, stupid, murderous people. There's too many people. Um, and they're always striving for natural perfection and they destroy the environment and they, you know, build their factories and their diners and their mini malls and toxic waste dumps and whatever. And the, the people that are there now, the president isn't there at this point, but the vice president is attorney general, like a lot of really big, important people. And they're nodding along with this, like they're buying into what she's saying because they've been drugged. Um, and uh, as she's giving the speech, the, hatch to the ship opens and we see all the stockpile of, of weapons that she's going to use to to wipe out um all the all the people basically as many people as she can um so a little bit of kind of thanos uh motivations here right where and this is long before um infinity gauntlet i should say but uh yeah a little bit of that 
She calls it a glorious opportunity to, to free the world of pain and fear and war. Um, and as she's finishing up her speech, the president actually, we're told, shows up and gets fill, filled in um, by some of the people that are already there, which I get it. It's, it's a comic and it's going to take artistic license, but that's really pushing it, Frank Miller, because the president and vice president aren't allowed to be in the same place like that. Because if something were to happen, a bomb goes off or terrorist action, whatever, they're both compromised. But anyway, neither here nor there, but I, it is something I noticed. So Spawn and, um, and Batman actually sneak in from below and start taking out uh, a bunch of the weapons. And that causes some of the explosives to go off, which Batman is kind of um, uh, scolding Spawn, I guess. He's like, hey, you need to be more careful. These are explosives that we're you know, trying to destroy. And if you jostle them around, guess what happens? They will explode. So it ends up being, in a way, a bit of an anticlimactic ending uh, because once some of these explosives amongst the weapons go off, we see a big chunk of the ship that uh, breaks off and basically falls over and impales uh, Margaret Love. So it's not even like, I mean, I guess it was a way for Frank Miller to have her get her final vengeance, you know, actually have her die without Spawn killing her because then it's like, well, why would Batman allow Spawn to kill her? But she deserves to die. But, you know, it's a Spawn story. So, I don't know, but in a way, it took away the agency. Like neither Spawn nor Batman was really responsible for taking her out. Um, But it's it's a pretty interesting image there when we see her kind of impaled. Uh, And as she's dying, uh, her one last option, you know, her sort of fail safe. I'm not going to go down alone, as it were. Uh, And it's this amulet she's wearing around her neck, and she clicks a button on it, and it launches a nuclear weapon. So. You know, she's like, if I'm going down, I'm taking a bunch of people with me. So we see Spawn use his uh, teleporting ability. He grabs Batman uh, and he teleports both of them onto the missile, which not the easiest thing to be ripped apart and, you know, put back together. Uh, We saw that from the very first time that Spawn teleported. We were told how much it kind of ripped out his insides. So Frank Miller leaning into, hey, Batman's great at everything. Uh, He's got a like focus on his uh, physicality and he stops his hands from uh, trembling. He clears his head genius at work, right? Uh, a mind so brilliant. He could have revolutionized physics. We're told <laughs> so yeah, stretching it a little bit here, Frank, but uh, also hands so skillful. They could have served a concert pianist or a safe cracker. Uh, he's a detective. He's a vigilante. He's a savior. And he is able to disarm the nuclear part of the warhead and it starts to fall harmlessly into the East River. And Batman's like, okay, it's disarmed. Get us out of here. Uh, okay, okay. But, you know, it takes, takes Spawn a, a few moments to gather his, uh, his wits. And he does manage to teleport them, probably just, you know, like clicking his ruby slippers, no place like home, because where they teleport to is, is Spawn's home alley. Um, and now that kind of the immediate threat is over, it's sort of now it's like, okay, are these two going to battle again? And Batman's kind of reading them the riot act. You know, you're, you're revolting. You disrespect human life. Uh, you lack discipline. You're, you're really an embarrassment. And Spawn's like, uh, you know what? You better hope we don't run into each other because uh, 
I can, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, and again, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting running joke, right? Like they, even though Batman doesn't have any superpowers, somewhat was an even match. Once Batman got that, uh, that gauntlet, maybe a spawn was like, forget it. I'm going to just be willing to use my powers and blast them. Maybe he takes them out. Maybe not. But, um, Batman does say, well, you know, I might not have the power to bring you down on my own, but I have friends. So uh, if we meet again, you know, watch out. And Spawn's like, could you just stop for one second? Like we saved the city, maybe the world. When push came to shove, like we teamed up and, you know, neither one of us could have could have stopped this disaster on our own. So let's just call it a win and bury the hatchet. And Spawn sticks his hand out. And again, Frank Miller version of Batman, Dark Knight Returns version of Batman says, bury this. And he throws a Batarang. And there we get the final page and we see the Batarang slicing uh, Spawn's face in half. So (laughs) this goes back to what I was saying about how important some of these issues are that aren't in the regular series, how much they affect the regular series. Now in issue 21 of spawn that we've already covered, it starts off with Bobby sewing spawns face together with a shoelace. And again, that that's issue 21 that follows on issue 20, which is the second part of the uh, Harry Houdini spawn team up where uh, it, that was, it was written by Tom Warzakowski where we saw Spawn get shot in the face, but it didn't feel like that shot in the face would have split his face in half. It didn't. This is where it happened. So all that speculation and w- us talking about it in issue 21, that wasn't what it had where it happened at all. But part of the confusion comes in. If you go and look at issue 21, when Bobby asks Spawn, about how that happened. Like, how did your face get split in half? And Spawn says, I ran into some guy in black. He's talking about Batman. Spawn at that moment, when he's saying that, he's talking about Batman. But here's the thing. In issue 21, he says, I met some guy in black and there's a little asterisk and it has an editor's box on the bottom of the page where Orzakowski says, check out Spawn 19 and 20. So I think all I can think is that Spawn 19 and 20 originally, maybe that was going to be where this Batman story was going to be published initially. I'm speculating here because it doesn't make any sense. What that box should have said was, go see Spawn Batman. It should have referred people to this story, not to the story with Harry Houdini and Spawn. So when I saw this... and. I, I read this when it came out back in the day, but 1994, you know, it's like 28 years ago. I had forgotten about this. Um, and yeah, Batman is kind of a jerk here. And I was thinking that when I was going through and, and reading it again uh, in preparation to talk about it, but I had forgotten also about that note on the front that says, this is the Dark Knight version. Of Bat- and I don't know that I even noticed that when I read it way back in 1994, but it all started falling into place. Oh, that's why the cover has the lightning and why they're jumping and why it looks sort of like an homage to some of the covers to Dark Knight Returns. That's why Batman is such a jerk. That's why Todd McFarlane is drawing Batman 
more stocky, you know? So it makes sense. It all, it all comes together. Um, and certainly the dialogue that Miller puts in the book throughout, it, it's more in line with kind of the dialogue and the, again, it's kind of hokey. It's kind of stilted. Um, but that jerk persona that Batman has, it's much more in keeping with the, you know, the dark Knight version of, of Batman. So, uh, it makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, either way, it's, it's clearly not, you know, the regular DC universe, Batman of, of even now or back in 1994, but, you know, reading that box and, and realizing, Oh, this is the dark Knight returns version of Batman. That's why he's kind of such a jerk. I mean, even when he was dying, uh, after battling the cyborgs in the well, first battling spawn and then battling the cyborgs in the alley, you know, all the time when he's laying there dying, all he keeps saying to spawn is, you know, what a jerk he is and how pitiful he is. And spawns like, man, dude, you got, <laughs> you got some problems. Um, cause I mean, ba Batman can barely speak. He's like, uh, you know, you're, you're an undisciplined slob and, uh, stupid punk, like he calls him a stupid punk at least, you know, four or five times. Um, so again, I was like, what is this characterization of Batman? And then I realized, oh, it's the characterization of the Dark Knight Returns Batman. So that makes a lot of sense. In terms of the art, yeah, like I, I said at the very beginning, you know, we see it right on the, the first splash page of, of Batman, uh, a different style for McFarlane than his his usual style batman is much bigger he's much stockier um so it certainly seems like todd is trying to channel some of that uh that dark knight returns aesthetic you know it's it's almost like mcfarland doing frank miller right but you know mcfarland is he's not he's not frank miller's style doesn't look anything like frank miller um but let me do it in such a way where everything's a little stockier a little more kind of down to earth has a little more weight as opposed to McFarland's typical art where everything is very free flowing and, and kinetic and feels much lighter. So I think McFarland does a great job of uh, infusing his style with some of the aesthetic that suits the, the dark Knight returns um, very well. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was an enjoyable story. I'm not the biggest fan of this characterization of Batman. Uh, Spawn does come across as the more, level-headed of the two which is interesting considering where we are with uh with al simmons you know uh, approaching issue 50 where he's much less stable and and that's part of the fun of, of the story but again that's why this appears you know where it did before al had been put to the ringer you know 30 issues later uh when he's gone through a, a lot more stuff so all in all it's a fun story um it does fit between 20 and 21. And, and the most intriguing aspect is just, okay, now we know why Spawn's face was split in half. Really wish I'd found this reading order and started following the reading order sooner. We'll see if other things uh, kind of fall into place. And it's why I kind of want to add in the other uh, content, like I said, because if it affects the story, I mean, and we're just reading the main series, but if it affects the main series, you want to be able to understand and fill in those blanks. I mean, Maybe it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like how much does it actually affect the story that this is where Spawn got his face split in half uh, as opposed to when he got shot in the face in issue 20. Does it make that big of a difference? Yeah, maybe not. But for continuity nerds like Rocky and I, it, it was satisfying to me. When I saw the 
the battering in his face. I'm like, oh, that's where it came from. Okay, I feel better about it now. Wasn't that, you know, that one bullet that hit him in the forehead somehow split his face uh, completely. So uh, anyway, like I said, uh, I have a reading order for you guys. I will share it once I connect with uh, the guy that created it and learn how he wants to be credited and whatnot. Uh, or you can just Google yourself, um, spawn reading order. There's a lot of them out there, but this one seemed like the best one. And so it's the one I'm, I'm going to go with. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed it. Really hoping Rocky's going to be back soon. Um, in the meantime, I'll be going through and looking at the next non-spawn main series issue that's in that reading order and covering that next. Uh, and then once we've covered everything that fits in there and we're caught up to issue 50 be the next issue, then that's when we'll cover that. So hopefully it's going to happen pretty soon within the next couple of days, uh, but we'll certainly keep you posted. want to thank everybody for joining as always. Hope you're uh, following along with us and uh, reading Spawn again uh, and taking a trip down memory lane, or maybe you're uh, experiencing it for the first time, like uh, we are in a lot of ways. So uh, either way, we appreciate you being here. We uh, want to thank you and we will talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash the comic source. Do a search for the comic source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.